Good morning. morning. It's good to see you all this fine morning. Another beautiful day out here. Uh, Praise God. So, the last couple of weeks, we all know that we have been talking about the gospel. And if we can remember, the gospel entails three things, the kingdom, the cross, and the resurrection. I hope you guys can all remember that deep in your hearts, that the gospel is about the kingdom, the cross, and the resurrection. And so we have this uber important message, this great news, this good news. The gospel means the good news. We have this good news. And so the question is, what are we to do with this good news? And uh, I had brunch yesterday with Jen, Brian, and Jamie, three Walt Disney World fanatics. If you ever want any information about Disney World, talk to those three because they love Disney World. But let me tell you, the gospel, the good news is infinitely more amazing than even Walt Disney World. Trust me, trust me on that. Trust me. And so what are we to do with this great message, this good news? And the first, the first thing that we need to do is that we need to accept this message for us. We need to accept this message in our hearts through faith and repentance. And then the second step is we need to share the gospel to others. We need to let other people know the good news, the good message that we have, the news that is infinitely better than Walt Disney World. Free tickets to Walt Disney World. Everybody would be all over that, but the message that we have is infinitely better than Walt Disney World. That's the message that we have, and we need to, one, accept that message, as we talked about a bit last week, through faith and repentance. And this week, we're going to be talking about, once you've accepted that message, once you've accepted the gospel message and accepted Christ into your life, You then need to share the gospel to other people. Let's pray. Father God, um, I just thank you very much for bringing me to North Hills this summer. Uh, What a joy and privilege it's been for me. Uh, I just ask that you speak through me this morning and that you be with your children and that they may be receptive to what? To your word, the word that I'm going to speak. I just ask that you speak through me. Give me the words that you want me to say. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right. So to start off, we're going to play a game. Who likes games? I like games. I'm, I'm a very competitive uh, guy, as you may see in the future. I, I'm very competitive. I like to win. I don't like to lose. I like to win. Um, so we're going to play a game, not competitive, just friendly. But I don't want you guys to be bashful. Now, the game is I'm going to ask you a question. And if the answer to that question is yes, I want you guys to come, stand up and come on forward. We're going to learn some things about some people this morning, so be ready. First question is, do you regularly sing in the shower? If so, come on up. Don't be bashful. Do you regularly sing in the shower? All right, we got some honest people here. We, we got some shower singers. Yeah, yeah, I guess maybe a better question is, do you guys regularly shower? Who doesn't sing in the shower? We sing Disney songs. Hey, we all love Disney. All right, now I'm going to have to ask each of you guys to sing the songs that you sing in the shower. All right, maybe not, maybe not. You can take a seat. These are our shower singers. Thank you very much. Uh, next question. Have you ever eaten pickled pig's feet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 
I'm sorry for you guys standing up up here because I too have had pickled pig's feet. And let me tell you, for those who are sitting, don't eat pickled pig's feet. Whatever you do, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. I'm not sure how you guys feel about it. You like it? Oh, I am. We're, we got some work to do. Pickled pig's feet is disgusting. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Count me out. All right, next question. Do you sleepwalk or sleep talk? If so, come on up. All right. We got some people doing some funky things in their sleep, talking or walking. These are our sleep talkers and our sleepwalkers. Good to know. If you're ever in a situation where you're sleeping in the same room, just be cautious of these people. They might do some weird things. Just be cautious. You may take a seat. Thank you. (laughs) Next question is, can you burp the alphabet? Hey, there we go. There we go. They can burp the alphabet. Oh, yeah, let's hear it. Oh, no. Well, I, too, can burp the alphabet. If you ever want to hear, come see me, and I'll burp the alphabet for you. Just don't ask me too many times, or I might throw up on you. (laughs) All right, now I have one last question. Do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? If so, come on up. If you love Jesus, come on up. Do you love... You're, you're good there, Katie. Come on up. Yes. This... Wow. We love Jesus. Praise the Lord. We can go home. Go on home. We love Jesus. We have accomplished it. All right, maybe that's not all there is. Maybe there's more steps to loving Jesus. But awesome, we are a church who loves Jesus. That is awesome. (laughs) And so this morning, we're going to be talking about if you love Jesus, then share the gospel. If you love Jesus, then share the gospel gospel. Now that was a trick question I asked you guys because I didn't tell you guys if you love Jesus then you got to share the gospel. I asked you guys before then but you all said yes you do. You guys all love Jesus and so we're going to talk about if you truly do love Jesus then share the gospel. And this morning we're going to take a look at someone who loved Jesus very much and we're going to take a look at Peter and you can go ahead and flip to the book of Mark chapter 14. We've been spending a lot of time uh, in the Gospels, especially around the time of Jesus' death and resurrection. As that's a core piece of the Gospel. And we're going to look at the story of Peter around the time of Jesus' death. And Peter was one of Jesus' 12 disciples, arguably his closest disciple, or in other words, his best friend. And we see in Mark chapter 14 and verse 26, this is... Uh, at, at the Last Supper, right before Jesus is going to be arrested and then later killed. In verse 26 of Mark chapter 14, it reads, And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all 
fall away. And now the people here, uh, Jesus is with the disciples, Jesus' closest people, and he tells them, you will all fall away. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, truly, I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. So here, Jesus says that, listen, Peter, even you, my closest disciple, my best friend, this very night, you're going to deny me three times. Three times this very night, you're going to deny me. And Peter says, no, even if I must die, I will not deny you, Lord, for you are my Christ. You are my, you are my Savior. You are my best friend. I will not deny even if I must die with you. Bold words here by Peter. And continuing the story, we, we talked about how they go in the Garden of Gethsemane, and we know Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and three times they fell asleep when Jesus just asked them to pray for me. Just pray for me. My most stressful time, just pray for me. But Peter, along with James and John, they fall asleep all three times. And then Judas, one of Jesus' 12 disciples, one of his 12 beloved disciples, betrays him with the kiss. If we go over to the next book, Luke chapter 22, Luke chapter 22, we're going to read uh, verses 54 through 62. Um, this was after Jesus was led to the high priest. And Peter followed Jesus to the courtyard of the high priest. So we see in Luke 22, verse, starting in verse 54, it reads, Then they seized him, Jesus, and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. When they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. And I want you guys to remember, this happens the same exact night that Peter said, even if I must die, I will not deny you, Lord. And so we continue in verse 56. It says, Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man also was with him. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, certainly this man also was with him, Jesus, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately, immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter and Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. The same night, the same night that Peter swore to Christ that he would not deny him, said, Even if I must die, I will not deny you, Lord. The same night, Peter not once, not twice, but three times denies his Savior, his Christ, and his best friend. And as Peter denied him the third time, Jesus looked over and saw Peter. And I can just imagine the guilt that Peter had as he promised the Lord that he would not deny him. 
But that third time, as the Lord looked onto him, the grief and the burden and the guilt that Peter must have had at that moment for denying his closest friend. And so later, we all know that Jesus was crucified on the cross, um, and it's likely that Peter was there to see Jesus hanging on that cross. But the good news is that Jesus was resurrected on the third day, praise God. Um, and in between Jesus' resurrection, when he sent it into heaven, uh, he roamed around the earth for 40 days. And in those 40 days, Jesus appeared to over 500 people. He appeared to over 500 people. In, in the woman's Bible study on Tuesday mornings, uh, we're going through the book of Acts. And we were talking about the importance it is that Jesus appeared to so many people after his resurrection and between his ascension. Because Jesus, he was, he was the Messiah. But the thing is, these Jews, they were looking forward to the Messiah for over a thousand years. But Jesus was not at all what they were expecting. They're expecting some high ruler who will fix all their problems and take care of the Roman government. But Jesus didn't do that. And so some people had questions as to whether Jesus truly was the Messiah but we know, we have confirmation that Jesus truly is the Messiah, the Christ, because of his resurrection. That proves that he is the Christ and that he truly did die for our sins. And the eyewitnesses were a big deal back then that they could go and tell other people that, listen, this Jesus, who we all saw crucified on the cross and buried in the grave, he's alive. Praise the Lord. He's alive. We saw him with our own eyes. And Jesus himself appeared to the disciples a number of times. And if we go into the book of John, just one more book over again. John chapter 21, we're going to read. We're going to see how Jesus appears to his disciples for a third time. appears to seven of his disciples. And so his disciples, they were fishing. How many people uh, fish here? Any, any people who like to fish here? All right, a number of you. Uh, so these disciples, they were fishing, and they're fishing all night, and they caught absolutely nothing. Now, I'm not, I don't fish a lot, but I used to fish with my grandpa on several occasions, and I would get impatient at times. Like, I would cast my uh, line out there, and I'd wait for the fish, and I would wait hours before I could maybe get one fish, and it's, it's a little frustrating not catching any fish after you're out there fishing for hours, but these disciples were out there all night, and they caught nothing. And so I can relate the frustration they must have been feeling. And then they hear a man from the shore from a, a distance away, and they're not really able to recognize him. And this man says, hey, cast your net on the other side of the boat. Now, if I were the disciples, like, what's the big deal? That's like two meters of a difference. But does it really matter which side of the boat we cast our net? But at that point, they were fishing all night, and they caught nothing, so... Why not? Why not give it a try? The strange man from the shore says, hey, cast your net on the other side. So they cast their net on the other side. And these disciples haul in 153 fish. 153 fish. From the moment where they were fishing all night and they could catch nothing, and then all of a sudden this man tells them, hey, cast your net on the other side, and all of a sudden they catch 153 fish. Well, at that moment... At that moment, those disciples recognized that that man on the shore, that was Jesus. That was their savior, their best friend, Jesus. And so Peter was so excited to see Jesus that as the disciples were paddling their boat back to the shore, 
Peter couldn't wait, and he jumped in the water, and he swam to see Jesus because he was so excited to see Jesus. And if you read in uh, verse 15 of John chapter 21, it reads, and, and after this, uh, Jesus had breakfast with them, and it says, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love me. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now, Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. So three times, Jesus asked Peter, Simon, son of John. Simon's just another name for Peter. He had two names. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Jesus asked him that three times. And Peter replied all three times, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. You're the Lord. You know this. You know that I love you. And it, it must have been grieving for him to, have, to see his best friend, his Lord, his Savior, his leader, ask him three times, Do you really love me? I know that would cause me grief. If someone close to me, someone dear to me, asked me three times, Do you really love me? Do you really love me? And all three times, Simon Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then all three times, Jesus replies by either saying, tend my sheep, feed my sheep, or feed my lambs. Take care of my sheep. Simon, son of John, if you love me, then take care of my sheep. If you truly love me, then take care of of my sheep. And now you all said this morning that you do love Jesus. And I'm going to ask you again, do you love Jesus? Yes. Do you love Jesus? Do you really love the man who suffered six hours on the cross for you? Do you really love that man? Do you love Jesus? Then take care of his people and take care of his people we need to be a shepherd unto his people and now according to the mountain plans agricultural service uh, a shepherd's primary responsibility is the safety and welfare of the flock now i'm no shepherd i don't know much about sheep or animals in general but in the mountain plans agricultural service they sound smart, so I'm going to trust their word. They say the primary uh, responsibility for a shepherd is for the safety and welfare of the flock. And now the welfare, that can be a confusing term or a term that we don't completely understand. According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the term welfare means a state of doing well, especially in respect to good fortune, happiness, well-being, or prosperity. So in other words, being a shepherd... Unto Jesus' people, God's people, we are to have their best interest in mind. If we are to take care of them, we need to seek their best interest. 
That's the primary responsibility of a shepherd is seeking the best interest for sheep, doing what's best for sheep. And so if we are to be a shepherd unto Jesus' people, we need to seek out what's best for his people. And so the question then is, well, what is the best for people? What is the best for the people that God created? What is the best? What could they possibly want or need? And I hope that I've proven to you guys over these past couple weeks that the gospel is important. The gospel is the uttermost important thing that we can have. The good news, the good message, the gospel message, the message of the kingdom and the cross and the resurrection, that's the best thing that the people can have. That's the best thing that they can take a grasp of. That's the best thing. In order to take care of Jesus' people, God's people, we need to share the gospel message. People need to hear it. It was at the center of Jesus' ministry, the gospel. We can see that in Matthew 4, 17. It says, from that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. From the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, he was preaching about the kingdom. The kingdom was important to Jesus. The cross was important to Jesus as he suffered for six hours on that cross, as he faithfully obeyed his Father's will for him to suffer on that cross. The cross was no doubt important to Jesus. In the resurrection, we can know it's important as well as Jesus now sitting at the right hand of Yahweh, our God, our Heavenly Father, our Daddy. The kingdom, the cross, and the resurrection. The gospel message. That's what was important to Jesus. That's what Jesus knew was the best for the people. And when he's telling us to take care of his people, I think he's telling us, listen, we need to tell people of the good news, of the gospel message. Because there's a lot of people who don't have the gospel message. And John chapter 21 is just right before Jesus was getting ready to ascend into heaven, to sit at the right hand of God. He wasn't going to be there anymore here on earth to preach to the people, to take care of the people. And so he wanted to make sure that his closest followers, he wanted to make sure that Simon Peter, his closest friend, that he truly loved him. He wanted to confirm his love. And after he confirmed his love, he wanted to make sure that Peter would take care of his people, that Peter would share the good news, the gospel message. As again, as I mentioned earlier, we're going through the book of Acts in the woman's Bible study. And we can see in the book of Acts, Peter doing just that. Peter sharing the gospel message to people because Peter truly did love Jesus. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful that earlier Peter denied Jesus three times, but three times Peter reaffirmed his love for Jesus. Peter turned from that. He repented, and he confirmed his love three times. It, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's indescribable how beautiful this passage is. Peter is reaffirming his love for Jesus, and as he reaffirms his love, Jesus tells him, listen up, Peter. Take care of my people. Take care of my people. Let them hear the gospel message. And so you all said you love Jesus. That's good. That's great. But I would expect nothing less from people who go to church. I'd expect nothing less for people who are here sitting in church 
in God's house, I would expect nothing less that they would love Jesus. To show that love, to show that you truly love Jesus, spread the gospel message. Spread the gospel message to the people. Take care of Jesus' people. Take care of God's people. They need to hear this message. It brings me much joy and excitement when I get to tell you guys about the gospel message. I love preaching about the kingdom and the cross and the resurrection. It brings me much joy. It really does. It makes me excited. And I can see the excitement on some of you guys when we talk about the kingdom and the cross and the resurrection. And to show that excitement... Show it to others. Spread the gospel message. Take care of people. If you love Jesus, then take care of his people by spreading the gospel message. Now, you guys are a great group of people. Seth left you off great. And now you guys don't have a permanent pastor. And so many of you guys may use that as an excuse. Like, oh, we don't have a pastor right now. We can't necessarily preach the word to people, share the message. Well, that's not true. That's false. You can share the message to your friends and family, the people that need to hear it. Now, back, back in the modern era, people value knowledge. There's a great emphasis on knowledge. And people look to science and technology to solve all their problems. But our society is moving more into the postmodern era. And in this postmodern era, there's a heavy emphasis on relationships. People want to feel loved. People want to feel connected. People want to feel like they fit in to a group of people. The best way to evangelize, the best way to share the message is to develop that relationship with someone. Develop that relationship with someone. Go to dinner with them. Go to a ball game. Go wherever. Hang out with them. Spend time. It takes time and effort and energy to develop relationships with people. But develop those relationships. And once you develop those relationships, that's when they will trust you and value your word. And at that point, that's when you can share the gospel message. That's when you can truly take care of God's people, of Jesus' people, of God's church. That's when you can take care of them. You've got to develop that relationship with them. And that reminds me of Missy uh, with her brother, um, sharing the gospel message. That brings me joy hearing of what Missy is doing with her brother. She has developed that relationship with her brother in the past, and I'm sure her brother values what she has to say. And it's at that point where she can then tell her brother, listen, this is the good news. That's our responsibility. If we love Jesus, if you love Jesus, then you have to share the gospel message it's not our responsibility to make sure the seed of faith grows. It's not our responsibility to make sure that people accept the message. But let me tell you, it is your responsibility. It is your responsibility as God's church to spread that message, to sow the seed. Once you sow that seed, God will take care of the rest. God will help them in making that decision. God will let them make their own decision, but God will help them. God will, you, God will use you as a blessing to them. So sow that seed. If you love Jesus, take care of his people and spread the gospel message. 
Now, I'm a big numbers guy. I like statistics. I like math. I know I'm going to a great profession to use my math skills. Pastoral preaching, being a pastor, I'll be using math all the time. Yeah, right, what a waste. But I can use that in my sermon uh, this morning. And so we're going to talk about a statistic in my evangelism and missions class uh, that I took at ABC with David Krogh. Uh, we learned that a third of the world population have not heard about Yahweh, God, our Heavenly Father, or Jesus. A third of the world's population. And now there are 7 billion people in this world. And so a third of that is just above 2 billion. But for the sake of this, we're just going to say 2 billion. Two billion. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt. We'll say 2 billion people have not heard the message of Yahweh or Jesus. Nonetheless, many more people have not heard the true message of the gospel, the gospel message that we have. The gospel message, not that we have, but the gospel message of Jesus himself and Paul and the writers of the New Testament and God, the gospel of the kingdom and the cross and the resurrection. Many people have not heard that. And so that's a lot of people who have not heard this message. Now, at family birthday parties, uh, we, like to, we like to sing off how old people are. And I have a very dear, sweet, great grandma. And we like to sing, are you one, are you two, are you three, yada, 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 up until 96. <laughs> and let me tell you, it takes a while to get there. 96 kind of seems like a big number to me. Nonetheless, two billion. Two billion. Now, I love my great-grandma, and she's very sweet and dear to me. She's living on her own still, still driving. She is awesome. She is great. I love my great-grandma, Virginia. But the number 96 seems big to me. But to show you guys how big two billion is, if each person who have not heard the gospel message resembled one second. Each person who has not heard the gospel message resembled one second. And if you took two billion of those seconds, that would last 64 years. One second. One thousand. Two one thousand. Three one thousand. Four one thousand. Five one thousand. That's just five people there who don't have the message of God and Jesus. Many more that do not have the gospel message, the message of the kingdom and the cross and the resurrection. That's five seconds. If each person resembled one second, it will last 64 years. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. I need to hear the message. That's a lot of people that we need to take care of. That's a lot of people that if we truly love Jesus, then we need to share that message to the people. There's a lot of people who don't have that message. A lot of people. But we are fortunate. You guys are blessed. You really are. I am blessed. We are blessed to be here in church to have access to the gospel message, the gospel message that is infinitely better than Walt Disney World. You betcha, Jen, Brian, and Jamie, way better than Disney World, the gospel message, what we have. But there's a lot of people who don't have the gospel message, the heart of the Bible, of God's word. You guys are a blessed and fortunate people. It's very easy to, uh, to take advantage of that 
or, or not be very grateful or thankful for the blessing that we have, but we are, we are very blessed to have this message because there's a lot of people out there who do not have that message. And we can talk in this church about the gospel message all we want, and I'll be excited. I'll be more than happy to talk to anybody about the gospel message. But then it's our responsibility to go from here and tell the people outside of these walls that don't know about the gospel message, that don't know the promises that we have laid before us of a perfect, never-ending life in the kingdom that don't know that there was a man, Jesus, who suffered six hours for our sins, our stupid stuff that we do. Jesus died for us, for our sins. People don't know of the resurrection that proves that Jesus is the Messiah, that he truly has died for our sins so that we can enter the kingdom of God. That is great news. But again, as we read in John 21, Jesus asked Peter three times, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And all three times, Peter replied, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. You know that. And so Jesus told Peter, take care of my sheep. Take care of my people. There's people out there in broken homes and families broken lives, that have no hope. That have no hope. When things are going bad in their lives, they have nothing to look forward to in their lives. They don't have the promises of the kingdom. When I first came here, my first week, Marilyn passed away. I know many of you guys were close to her. And how it would pain you to know that there wasn't a promise of the kingdom in the future. That's what two billion people don't have. They don't have that hope. They don't have that hope that we have the good news, the gospel message. So please, please, I'm begging you, please spread the gospel message if you truly love Jesus. So I'm going to ask you guys one more time. And if your answer is yes, then I'd like you to come forward. I'm going to ask you, do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? If that's the case, come on up again. Do you love Jesus, the man who suffered on the cross for your sins? Do you love that man? We love Jesus. We're a Jesus-loving church, and that's great to see. But if you truly love Jesus, it's easy to say, oh yeah, I love Jesus. But if you truly love Jesus, then take care of his people. Take care of his people. All of you guys are standing up here in the front resembling that you truly love Jesus, will take that love outside of these walls. Show that love to the people. Tell them about the gospel, the gospel message that we have been hitting these past couple weeks. 
And so we have this great news, and the first step with this great news is we need, we need to accept the gospel message. For those of you who have, who have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, who have not accepted the gospel, it's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. Accept the promises of the kingdom that we can have a never-ending perfect life. Accept the promises of the cross that Jesus truly died for your sins, that even though we deserve death, he died for your sins. And accept the promise of the resurrection that Jesus truly was raised from the dead, proving that he is the Messiah, and proving that he truly did die for our sins, and proving that we too can be resurrected from the grave one day. And after you have done that, or if you have already done that, for those of you standing, the second step is share the gospel message. Share the gospel message. If you love Jesus, then share the gospel message. If I could have the elders and John and maybe Russ and the worship band, you can come on up and get ready. Us elders, and yeah, you can come and stand on the stage. We're just going to stretch out our hands to the people, to God's people, God's children, that they have the boldness and the courage to show that they truly love Jesus. Show that love by spreading the gospel message. So if you'll just extend your hand, we'll pray over you guys. If you'd like to play music in the background. Father God, it's our prayer this morning that you just give the people the boldness and the courage to show that they love Jesus, to show that they love you. Show that boldness and courage by sharing the gospel message. We know there's broken people out there and they need to hear the message. And so God, I just ask that you work miracles through this people. You work miracles through this church, this church that loves you and loves your perfect son, Jesus Christ. God, work through them. Work through them. Let them share the gospel message, the promises that you have given to all of us, the free gift of eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord, Father. Just please, Give them the passion and the will to spread that gospel message to show that they love you. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.